All right. Good morning. My name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries for July the 30th, a ministry, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Um, today we're going to pick up our study in chapter number 14. Uh, yesterday we wrapped up chapter number 13, huge chapter, 52 verses in chapter number 13, and it ended with the Jews stirring up devout and honorable women and chief men of the city, raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them again. Paul had been thrown out of many places, <laughs> uh, and he was going to get thrown out again. And they shook the dust off their feet against them and came into Iconium. So again, the shaking off of the dust from their feet was a testimony to their rejection of the truth. And again, that goes back to what the Lord told the original 12. If they didn't hear what you have to say, shake the dust off your feet and go someplace else. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. And then we come into chapter number 14. Chapter number 14 and verse number 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews. And so spake that a great multitude, both of Jews and also Greeks, believed. Now, just looking at it, looking at some of the other commentators, uh, Bible teachers, some of the things, something that you notice here is that Luke, who is the writer of the book of Acts, begins from this point forward to say the synagogue, not only the synagogue, but the synagogue of the Jews. Uh, previously, he just said they, he, they went to the synagogues. They went to the synagogues. Now he's going to begin saying the synagogue of the Jews. Um, Acts 17, verse number one, now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, that there was a synagogue of the Jews. Uh, Acts 17, verse number 10, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night to Berea and came thither and went into the synagogue of the Jews. Um, and even if he doesn't use this phrase, because he doesn't all the time, he does tend to go out of his way to indicate clearly that Paul, who Paul is talking to. There seems to be a concerted effort on the part of Luke from this point forward to ensure that the reader knows who he is speaking to. Uh, and I think that's, it's subtle, but it's significant. Um, I think he's, he's trying to, he is trying to differentiate uh, who, who Paul's audience is. And of course, I believe the reason he's doing that is so that you'll know which gospel uh, Paul is, or which people he's speaking to, and of course they're going to respond, as we, we, we're going to find out today. Uh, the Jews, um, they obviously responded with hostility. The unbelieving Jews responded with hostility toward the teachings of Paul. And of course the Gentiles, the Hellenes, the, the non-Jews, uh, they begin to want to hear him, and we're accepting of what he has to say. And I think Luke here is making an effort to make sure that the reader knows exactly who Paul is talking to. Because, again, here, when it says he came to Iconium, that he went both together to the synagogue of the Jews, and he spoke to a great multitude 
of Jews, but also the Greeks. And again, that word Greek there is Elaine in indicating Gentiles, not Greek-speaking Jews, like it did in Acts chapter number two, uh, Acts chapter number six, uh, when it talked about the Grecians. Um, then notice in verse number two, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Now, when it says unbelieving Jews, that means these are Jews that had not accepted the teaching of the gospel of the kingdom. They were unbelieving Jews, and they stirred up the Gentiles the, uh, and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Um, these were religious Jews, um, no doubt. Uh, and I can tell you emphatically that nothing is more dangerous than a, quote, religious person. Um, religious people always move in the flesh, for they are not spiritual. Um, they move in the flesh and, and uh, because that's who they are. It's how they think. Um, I believe their father is the devil. <laughs> uh, they have not bowed the knee to the Lord. They have not accepted uh, the gospel. Uh, therefore, they move. Everything that they do is in the flesh. It's natural, and it's sinful. So it's just who they are. Um, so it says unbelieving, and that's going to come up later on. He's just going to switch back and forth, back to the word Jews. But he's referring to these unbelieving Jews that are causing him a tremendous amount of grief. Of grief. These are not kingdom-believing Jews. They're unbelieving Jews. And again, further proof that Paul is speaking something other than what they're used to hearing. He's obviously not teaching the kingdom gospel, which was a fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies, which they would not have had a problem with, even though they rejected it. Uh, they no doubt saw Paul's teaching as a perversion of Judaism. Um, and that's why they're responding so harshly against it. And then notice, long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord. Now that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Paul and is not in the least affected uh, by these unbelieving Jews who were uh, causing all these problems. Um, he's, it says, long time, therefore. <laughs> uh, when the devil gets busy, you know, you're probably doing the right thing. Isn't that the truth? Um, I think even when I pastored, uh, if I couldn't look out and see the devil doing something, it, it worried me. Um, and if you think about that, I remember years ago, I heard a message by E.V. Hill before he died, I was out in Texas, I think I was up in Dallas, and and he was talking about how uh, the devil's not really threatened by most churches today, uh, because most churches today aren't doing anything against him. Uh, he, 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 he appreciates their, uh, their apathy, and uh, he doesn't bother them. Uh, he said that while we were there... Uh, you know, the devil was all over the place, but when we got back home to our cold, cold dead churches, even the devil doesn't go inside. Um, and what he was saying is that if, if, if you're moving and you're doing, it's just like football. 
<laughs> Nobody tackles the water boy. Um, you know, the devil's going to move against the the people that are moving the ball. The devil's going to move against the people who are a threat to him. Uh, that's just the way life works. And if you pick a, if you pick up the f- football, you become a target. And most are not carrying the football. Uh, most are on the sidelines, unfortunately. No, most are not doing hardly anything to advance the ball. Um, so if you if you if you're doing something, the devil's going to move against you. And so it says in verse three, "Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord." Uh, and of course. The very fact that they were speaking boldly means that there was opposition. If there wasn't any opposition, then it wouldn't have been bold. Um, Which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. And notice it says that they gave testimony unto the word of his grace. This speaks of the grace gospel. The word grace is going to be going to start playing uh, you're going to start seeing it a whole lot more. It's speaking of the gospel of grace. And then notice it says, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now, I can only assume that the signs and wonders were for the benefit of the unbelieving Jews that were present. Um you know, Paul said over in 1 Corinthians one twenty two, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Um, signs were for the Jews, uh, obviously unbelieving Jews. Now, I, you know, I've been studying this just a little bit. I, you know, in the past when I would jumble together Jew and Gentile, um, the two Gospels, um, I would speak disparagingly of people who sought after signs, and no sign shall be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas is three days and three days. You know, God told the Jewish people to look for signs. Um, So I I can't look back on the Jewish people and say that signs were necessarily bad because they were taught to look for them, and God— gave them gave them to them but i i could make a argument that we the body of christ we shouldn't be looking for signs i i think that when we start looking for signs that's just not part of our program that's not part of our dispensation um the signs and the wonders were for the jewish people uh, not for the Gentile. We don't need to be looking for signs and wonders. We don't need to be looking for the signs of the times, you know, and things like that, that we've always got so caught up in. But but the Jews were always taught to look for that, and God honored that. God was still granting mercy here. He was still using these signs and wonders for the benefit of the Jews that were present. Hope that makes sense. Uh, And then notice in verse number four, but the multitude of the city was divided and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. Notice that the Gentiles, they were excited to hear this new message. Uh, The unbelieving, as already identified, were still 
unbelieving Jews who were still causing division in the city, even though God, still in his grace, is giving them signs and wonders at the hands, at their hands, uh, and they were still contradicting and blaspheming, just like the Jews were up in chapter number 13, verse number 45. And contradicting means they're speaking against what Paul is saying. Again, further indicator that Paul is preaching something different. And, of course, that being the grace gospel. So the Jews were contradicting that uh, and blaspheming. And blaspheming is not referring to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which they were, but it's referring to speaking evil of Paul. So they were contradicting what Paul was saying, and they were speaking evil of Paul. And in the process, they were dividing, they were dividing the city. Um, and notice that it says, and part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. Now that, that's interesting here because Peter's not here. John's not here. Um, who's he talking about here when he says apostles? Well, I mean, he's got to be referring to Paul and Barnabas. Um, as a matter of fact, when you get down into verse number 14, there's more of them. And when the apostles, comma, Barnabas and Paul heard, so apparently there were more apostles there than Barnabas and Paul, and it's not the 12. The text does not indicate that it is the 12. It can't be referring to them. Um, so, you know, I mean, we, we all readily speak of 13 apostles, you know, which is the 12 plus Paul. But the scripture is pretty clear that there were more. However, with that said, none existed before Jesus and none existed after the rejection of the kingdom. That's the difference. So apparently there were more apostles. Um, also, again, as per the previous verse, they also performed signs and wonders for the benefits of the, of the Jews. Um, and one mark of apostleship was the performance of signs and wonders. So, I mean, apparently, I mean, there were apostles beyond the 12, but, um, there, or at least that term, uh, was used there. Um, so, you know, that's kind of hard to argue against for sure. Uh, but I will say there were none before Jesus and there were none after the rejection of the kingdom. Now look in five and seven. This is where we'll, we'll, we'll pull off today. And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also the Jews with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, so now they want to kill them, they were aware of it. And fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Laconia, unto the region that lieth round about. And what did they do? They kept preaching the gospel. Um, so they're on the run again because of the unbelieving Jews that are stirring the people up against them. Uh, and they're wanting to stone them. That seems to be uh, 
That's the Apostle Paul's resume. Everywhere he went, <laughs> he had people wanted to kill him. But notice the word assault made. Uh, that word assault, um, in verse number five, um, is a violent impulse or an onset. So, so it's not saying that they physically assaulted them, but it says they had an impulse to assault them. <laughs> there was the onset of assault. In other words, they became aware of it. Notice that, that next verse, and they were aware of it. In other words, they were able to see that something was getting ready to go down, and they didn't need to be there when it happened. Um, so as a result, um, they, they ran. Um, they fled into Lystra and Derby, Laconia, into the region that lieth round about. And, of course, they still preached the gospel. The grace gospel is what we know that Paul is preaching from this point forward. So tomorrow we'll get down into Paul and uh, Barnabas at Lystra. So hope you guys have a great day. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you and uh, just studying through the Word of God together. And um, hope you have a great day. Remember, God loves you and wants the best for you. It's working all things out for your good.